Hello, amigo, Ali, come to talk on podcast. Hello, Joey. Of course, I come to talk on with you. Best video by far of the last how long? Long time. That's that's got to be the best like announcer signing video I've seen maybe ever, maybe ever. If Liverpool let Coutinho go. I'm a Besiktas fan. Yeah, all right, I'm right there with you. <laughs> it's great to have the Reds back, and it won't be a preseason game. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and talk about that game. We'll also talk about obviously Van Dyke came out today with his transfer request, so we'll be talking about that. Be talking about some of the new signings that we've made, including Robertson, Solanke, and Salah. And maybe talk a little bit about Kate. I know that has been a little bit quiet as of recently, but uh, we'll see where this pod goes, really. So tonight with me, I've got all the California boys here on uh, on the pod. So we've got Ali Garamani. Ali, how's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. Loving Besiktas. Um, Besiktas. Excited to chat with you guys. Excited for the season. Also... What's going on with Talk On now? Give us an update. So we <clears throat> we've had too many podcasts um, released on the Arsenal on the Liverpool side. So we're gonna separate the Talk On podcast from the channel, so you guys don't have to download the Arsenal podcast. So it's gonna be a separate channel. Um, so look out for that when I release it. It's just gonna be Football Peers presents Talk On. So if you search that on iTunes. For the next episode, that's where it's going to be. And you guys can always check at TalkOnFP on Twitter, too, to get all those updates. Uh, also, I'll thank you, Ali G. Nice to have you in the house again. And then we got <laughs> uh, we also got Jeffrey Hallett. Jeffrey, how you doing, man? Excellent. Excellent. I, I wish I was in that earlier video. It was pretty awesome. Too, My too various states of depression when it comes to transfers. Yeah, well, also, I know someone who will aid us in that is our good friend, Jimmy Torrejon. Jimbo, how's it going, man? Hey, it's good to be back. Very good to be back. Looking forward to the season. The Donut Man. The Donut Man, he is. Absolutely. Donuts. Donut. I do not care about the transfer season now that the season's about to start. So You need don- donut care? Jimmy, that, that's, that's what uh, I said, Ali. I do not care. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you know, Jimmy, I know that you don't want to talk about the transfer season because this is a new season here. Is is here. The Premier League season is here. But we are going to go ahead and get into transfers, Jimbo, for sure. And I uh, want to hear your take. Um, I know every, everybody on this pod's actually probably got a, a different take on on really what's going on. So it'll be it'll be good to discuss all this stuff. And let's let's just start with it because uh, Van Dyke came out today. Pretty telling um, transfer request. It wasn't just a simple, uh, you know, here you go. You know the situation. I want to leave. Um, it was it was pretty detailed. Uh, a lot of interesting word choices there. Um, but basically just saying that, you know, all the reports saying that he was refusing to, to train were not true, uh, that he didn't get paid wages. Uh, I think it was for something like three weeks, two or three weeks. He, he comes out finally, which is, is what, what all of us Liverpool fans wanted to, to see was him to hand, hand a transfer request. And yet, you know, if it's one of your players, you know, hypothetically, if Coutinho were to do something like this, which we're, I'm sure we'll touch upon a little bit later, uh, we'd, we'd be freaking out. But if it's uh, one of the best defenders in the Premier League potentially coming to our team, we're all for it. So um, they're still playing hardball. Part of me thinks, you know, Jimmy, that it could be – it almost seems like it could potentially be played out. Like they they might just know that 
that we're that he, he obviously they know that he wants to come to us and that it, it could just be a matter of you know us with the apology just trying to save face and it sort of seems like it's all being played out and hopefully we'll all end with him coming to Liverpool what do you think well the joke in the in the group chat was now he made his way over to uh to Chelsea right that was the whole joke right, yeah, now he yeah. can go off to Chelsea just fine no and I think this was pointed out a few times in our group chat it's that the most telling part of the of his statement is where he said something I'm paraphrasing here teams that might still be interested, you know, where, when he's talking about hoping that he's, he's going to be, uh, he's available. Hopefully Southampton can let him be available for other teams and teams that might still be interested, which of course would be Liverpool with the only team that came out with their statement saying that we are ending our interest with Van Dyke. So I know Ollie was really happy when this came in and group chat started to blow up, uh, you know, calling me out saying, Hey, look, Jimmy, it looks as though we might still be getting Virgil Van Dyke. So if it works out and possibly going to be a little negative here, if it works out and we get Van Dyke, I still don't think that Liverpool have hit par for the expectations they set from the beginning of the, uh, of the summer. I can understand that in, in terms of us, you know, I, I think, do think the Kata deal had a lot to do with that though? I think, um, when it seemed like it was for sure on thinking that, you know, we weren't after a center mid and then all of a sudden one of the best young center mids in the world was potentially going to be moving to Liverpool still could happen, but we just didn't expect that. So that was almost somewhat of a bonus. Um, so even if, even if you do take a step back, Jimmy, and let's just say Van Dyke comes, uh, we get Solanke, Salah, and then Robertson, and then maybe a backup winger. So those five players, if you were to just, sit back and, and just look at a view that maybe you had, I don't know, two months ago, that, that wouldn't be a, up to par for you? Well, full, absolutely being completely honest here, no idea who Keita was at the beginning of the summer, and I'm okay with that. Everyone was looking to shoring up the defense. So you get Van Dyke. I was one of those who said, and I'm sure many people said it as well, they don't need to get too many players because we've had that issue before. After 13-14, they went off and grabbed way too many players. Then you have to try to integrate them to the team, and sometimes that doesn't work out. Right. So get two or three good players that improve the first team. So Van Dyke was one of them. After Keita came up and the fact that Klopp really wanted Keita, and it was reported that he wanted him the season before, but he didn't get him because he didn't trust his gut, and now he's kicking himself over it. Then I really wanted FSG to go out and actually get Keita for Klopp because he really wants him. But you're right. At the beginning of the summer, Van Dyke was really the main target so that we could shore up the defense. And then, you know, adding Salah, which is crazy good. I loved watching them in preseason. You and if they keep Coutinho as well, which I'm sure we'll get into, then you could say that it's it's a pretty good season. But after the Keita deal, where I got really excited over about it, it would be really hard for me to be satisfied without him coming in as well. Sure. Yeah, and, and especially when I was looking so close, Jeff. What do you make of the whole Van Dyke saga? I know we've talked about it even, you know, when we came out and publicly apologized, but just from even from that moment until now where he hands his hands in his transfer request, what's kind of your take and what do you, do you see him ending up at Liverpool or do you think that Chelsea might swoop in for him? He's been emotionally decided Liverpool for months at this point. That's been well publicized through the dust up and the apology and 
all of the media reports back and forth. Once he's emotionally picked, and I believe this, picked Klopp, picked the club, picked the city as a place to continue. He wants to play European football. It was abundantly clear in the transfer request today, the formal transfer request. So if he's already emotionally committed, it's going to be hard to shake him off that. Now it's up to the club. Request is in. They have to negotiate. And it's about getting the best deal for the club, not necessarily the player, but the player needs to sign. So it's a bit of push and pull. I don't think Chelsea's a real player. I just don't. I, I don't think they are. I don't think City is. They're going to drive the price up. Liverpool at this point, this late in the window, they are currently fifth in the Premier League in spend. So City leading the way at 212. And I'm talking net spend minus all the, all the sell-offs. We've spent a net of about 40 at this point, which puts us precipitously behind, as you would expect, United, Chelsea, just Arsenal and us about the same. Arsenal spent 60. We've, you know, netted about 40. So I think we've left most of our powder yet to be fired. We've got most of our transfer kitty, at least what we we're planning to spend yet to spend, missed out on Keda. That I think there's some still prospects around that. And I'm sure Ali will get into it more, but when it comes to Van Dyke, He's decided Liverpool because he wants to play European football. He decided Klopp because I think there's gravitas with Klopp that we never had under Rodgers. And I think now that the transfer is forced, that he'll ultimately choose us and we'll come to agreement. Liverpool has got have got the predominant share of their transfer budget spend at this point, and I think they need to. And then plus or minus what happens with Coutinho, which <laughs> a whole set of depression we'll get onto in a second. Right, yeah. I mean, Ali... Looking at it from the other side, from from Southampton's point of view, um, it's clear that, especially in in Van Dyke's transfer request today, that he hopes that he leaves on good terms, but he knows it can't be repaired. It's kind of, you know, I think he says, I very much hoped uh, to retain the good relationship I've always enjoyed with everyone at the club, especially the fans, but unfortunately, in light of everything that's happened, this has now been seriously affected. So... It doesn't look like it might end on great terms because they know that he wants to go to Liverpool, and you would think that they would have negotiated with Liverpool by now, given what was reported that Liverpool was willing to pay for him. Do you think that they just either a are wanting to be stubborn and not sell any players to Liverpool, any more players to Liverpool that they have, or maybe that they just they don't want to look like a pushover? Um, for stuff that's already happened in this window, and also taking into account that they've sold us a lot of players before, even to the point where they might even sell him to Chelsea for potentially 15 to 20 mil less. Do you think, like, are they... That's not going to happen. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, like, let's just say um, they could offer... I mean, Chelsea could offer substantially less amount of money, and they might be more willing to to deal with them. I mean... It's sounding like it's it's either this is all like elaborately played out and they know each other's moves and they're just doing this for PR sake, or that That's exactly it. or that they are just you know Southampton is just really really ticked off right now. No, this is a PR game. Southampton is making a shitload of money off of this, so I think after that day in Blackpool, this whole thing was done. It's just taking a little a little bit longer because of the taping incident. We got caught. Barcelona has been doing that test for the last 10 years. They don't get caught. Um, we're new at this. His, he put his transfer request in. He didn't have to do that. That gives up around $7 million um, of his own wages or his own money. Um, he didn't have to drop that for other clubs to come get him either. So this is all a play 
to make the Southampton uh, fans think that they aren't just losing him just to lose him for for a set amount of money. They're trying to make it seem like that they're trying to hold on to him. But because Liverpool came through with the biggest bid, they're going to take that. That's all that's happening. Especially with all the changes right that are going on in the club right now, too. You know, it's exactly so. Yeah, it's 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 interesting to see. Before we move on from Van Dyke, though, I just want to get all your opinions out. I will go back to you. Do you think he is going to end up at Liverpool? Are we going to get the Van Dyke Melwood lean going on? The Van Dyke Melwood lean. I already ordered his kit, so I think that answers that question. No, um, he's gonna he's gonna be a Liverpool player. He just won't play against Watford. It's gonna be a little well, too early. Before Palace, I think, right? Is the second game? Is that what it is? Yeah, he's gonna play against Palace. So do you mark think? My, mark my words. Okay, so Jimmy, if we do in fact get Van Dyke before the qualifier, and say he's fit, would you play him, or would you not play him for the qualifier for the Champions League? Yeah. I that's a tough one, uh, considering that he hasn't trained with Klopp. Right. I, I would say no for the club. first leg. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's been training with Tath- with Southampton. So, so like, if he gets over a own, week's worth of training, on the side, yeah. would you start him if, if he got a week's worth of training with Klopp in the, in the qualifier? Well, that's what I'm saying. I think I would – you get Van Dyke in, I think you play him in the second leg. Okay. I, I'm not sure about the first leg. That gives him a couple of weeks. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Let him bet in a little bit more. Um, you know, Jeff, do you think this deal is going to happen, man? It's yeah, I think it's going to happen. I think once the player, like I said, is emotionally committed to the club and the manager, and if the economics make sense, which there's no reason to think they won't, I, I, I think it's happening. No question. I'll, I'll I'll get the away kit too. You know, if if, if he was <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I do. I like the away kit. I'm I'm a little. I like the beautiful kit too. Yeah. yeah Ali can have the orange one consistent with Holland, and I'll go with the away kit. It's beautiful. I mean, just talking talking about, you know, you were just saying how he sold on the club, sold on Klopp, sold on the project. I wonder how that meeting played out because if, if, if what we're led to believe is all true, that's got to be a really good sign knowing that Klopp realizes that he needs a, a center-back pairing or center back partner for, for Matip, and he knows that Lovren just won't cut it at the top level uh, consistently day in and day out. And, and that's a good sign because Van Dyke's not going to go into a situation. Maybe he did have talks with Conte, and, and maybe Conte can't guarantee him that he's going to be playing in the most important games all the time with, with the players that they have in defense. So it's 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 got to be like, you just got to, A, you got to love Klopp for being able to do this because I think if we had BR right now, he would not be coming to Liverpool. That's just my opinion. But it's not not just yours. Yeah, I mean, it's just Klopp has got to have told him you are the center back of you know the now and the future with Liverpool, and maybe even potentially selling on a future potential captaincy as well. Because it, I mean, it seems like like you were saying uh, since we heard about Blackpool that he's just been all in with Liverpool. I mean, he's, he's come out and give, given as many hints as possible. Uh, you know, I think City were big. Uh, you know, big players early on in the deal. And once Pep found out that his heart was set on Liverpool, then boom, all right, just gone. Because City can come in and offer more money than, than Liverpool can. So it, it does seem like he is only wanting Liverpool right now. And I guess, you know, listen, it's a, obviously a great club with, with a lot of tradition, a lot of winning tradition, but it's just got to show the power of Klopp right now as well, I think. Yes, he's going to be getting more money in terms of wages. Yes, it's going to be an outrageous transfer fee, but... I mean, 
I just don't see us getting the players we're getting without Klopp. So as much as we can scrutinize him sometimes for his in-game decision-making, it's it's little, it's not little things like this because it's a huge thing, but it's things outside of the regular season that we have to appreciate what he's here for and, and glad that he signed that extension. So um, let's go ahead and, and talk about some of the players that he did bring in. Uh, Ali, Mohamed Salah looks like he could potentially be a steal, uh, especially for the fee that we paid for him. And with the prices that are going to be continuing to rise in the coming years as well, um, it, it, it's huge. And I is it correct me if I'm wrong, but did is there a new rule now where the AFCON will not be during the season? It's going to be in the off season. So I think they were changing that. Yeah, let me. I actually don't remember if they went through I, with it or I not. I thought I recently heard about that, which would be huge. So our two starting wingers will not be gone for a month of the season every two years. But, I mean, Ali, it's just looking like a great buy. I mean, he was one of the top performers in all of, of Europe's top five leagues last year in terms of um, goals and assists. He, he can just produce for us. And, you know, that's just not even talking about his lightning pace. So why do you think this buy is... I think actually crucial for the team, like aside from, you know, yeah, we may have needed another pacey player. What does this show the type of player that we are able to get now? And and what else does he bring to the team? So going back to your AFCON question. So it's going to be during the summer months instead now. Yeah. So that's what they're doing. So that's huge. Um, Thank you, Mane. He's going to stay with us for a long time. Sala, Everyone, um, so Salah, man, I think people are forgetting how good this signing is based off of what the fuck is going on with VVD, Keita, and everything yeah. else. Like, we're forgetting how good this player really is right now. Like, do you watch him in preseason? He's faster than Mane. He scored four goals in the last five games we had in preseason. He, this signing itself is a huge signing because him on the left side, or on the right side, pushes Coutinho back into the, into the midfield. Yep. So this one signing makes two spots stronger in our team. Exactly. And that's a great yep. point because, you know, given that Coutinho stays, which which we'll talk about, uh, having two pacey wingers, like, in, and he already has that Brazilian connection with Firmino. So they, they already are on the same page. And then you have Mane on the left wing and, and Salah on the right wing, Jeff. I mean, that's just mouthwatering stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I've been celebrating it throughout, and that's why I've been so positive on FSG and the progress that we've made, relatively speaking, through this transfer window. We are picking. We've been shopping well-publicized, shopping in a different aisle in terms of the quality. We're looking for elite talent, and Salah clearly brings it, and we've seen the same from some of the others. I mean, I cannot wait to see both of them paired on the wing, and you know, God help us, should we keep Coutinho in the middle? Like, that attack is probably going to produce more goals than we even saw last year, and that's almost scary to think about. Jimbo, it's it's really frightening, that that pace. I mean, it's it's something that we've been talking about for, for years now, since we've known each other, is just how we've needed that pace and how, you know, when we had Sterling in that front three, how that was huge, and when Sturridge had a little bit more pace. I mean, it, especially mm-hmm. in the Premier League, it's just... I mean, it's it's frightening to think about the potential for this Liverpool attack. Well, two goals in the preseason really stand out. Obviously, there's the one, I think it was in the Asian trophy, the Premier League Asian trophy, where Coutinho from the midfield just chips the ball over 
over oh, yeah. in Salah's direction, and then and then Salah, you know, um, chips it over the keeper, and then also the the creativity between um, it was uh, Mane, Moreno, and then how Salah is there just to clean it up. So that's all really exciting. Uh, but you, you got you know Jeff saying here how uh, how great FSG did there. If if you remember, we almost didn't get here it Salah. Comes. There was there was times where. Uh, there was reports saying that, you know, we, we weren't even going to be looking at him anymore because all they wanted to do was haggle some money, Jeff. They wanted to haggle some fucking well, money. Well, you know what? Well, you know what? How did he do at Chelsea? He went on, um, he went to Italy, then he played at Roma, so it took him a while to get good, and now he finally developed more, and now we got him when he's a lot better. So we didn't get him at the early stages. We no, no, I'm not talking stages. about early stages, Ali. I'm talking about this summer. This summer, when it looked as though for a second they might not get Salah, but did we get him? Dragged. The the question is, did we get him? Is he playing for us? Is, did no, he the answer is we got them, but exactly. it just shows the same fucking That's... pattern, Ali. Same fucking pattern. <laughs> the That's same pattern. So we annoying. signed him. It doesn't matter if they no, no, wanna... no. Don't give me the same pattern that we signed him because we didn't mean? sign him the first time around. There's... He's a Liverpool player. That's the difference. All right, all right. So for now, and it's a different super, and super and it's a different exciting. class of player. Which means the negotiation is going to be more complicated. This isn't a dark horse that nobody's paying attention to. That there's no competition in on. There may have been no finalist for him aside from us, but it's still us versus the club. And they were in a position where they had to sell. Like FFP was impacting Roma, so you would think all the cards read he needed to be sold. But they were holding out for more, and he's elite talent. Liverpool has decided on a player; they get him. Jimmy, I know where you're coming from. I know a lot of people have <laughs> the same <laughs> kind of Sorry. opinion as you do. There's going to yeah. be players that we'll get and there's going to be players that we won't get. But I think what your frustration and a lot of other people's frustration is, is, is how the transfer negotiations are handled no matter if we get the player or if we don't get the player. Exactly. And so first off, I can say right now, even though Jeff has proclaimed many times that I'm an FSG out person, I am not an FSG out person. But I, this summer is, has gone to the point where I've gotten really frustrated with the way they have handled transfers since they have come in. Yes. Okay. Sure. So, yeah. So seeing how things have gone up to this point where we're still at, at, there's a major risk of maybe losing Coutinho, maybe not, but there's a risk there. Um, the fact that Keita, whether it was because the club really don't want to sell him or FSG could have put in one more bid. We don't know. A third bid was never submitted officially. There is some frustration there, but I am not an FSG out person because I do feel, and, and there's proof of it, that they've done a really good job to stabilize a club with ad revenue that, you know, wasn't tapped into prior. It's just sometimes you really want them to buy who they say, or at least who Klopp really wants to buy. You know, during the Brandon Rogers, re, uh, after 13-14, so the summer of 14-15, after he went on that shopping spree, I was really like, uh, well, we should be careful with what he wants to buy. It's an interesting thing to look at because you have where they, they came in, they stabilized the club, they've done a lot of great things for the club, but they're not the Abramovich type that, that you know, loves the club. They're businessmen, you know, they, they that's, that's who they are, that's who they were before they had Liverpool, that's who they're always going to be. And yep. so... It's they do run things a bit differently than someone like Abramovich will. Yes, he has endless money, and if you were someone who had endless money and you could fall in love with a, a sports team and buy it, you know you would obviously give all all you could to invest in it. But they're they're just different owners. A, a lot of people, a lot of owners are different like that. Um, but Jimmy, what what would take you over the edge? 
Um, would it, like would Coutinho leaving? Because I want to get into the Coutinho discussion here. If Coutinho were to leave, Jimmy, would that that kind of send you over the edge a little bit there? Um, that's a difficult one because Coutinho has been he's been tapped up for about a season and a half now, at least. Neymar was always putting his name out there in the media, saying that he wanted him to join them in Barcelona. And as long as Neymar stayed in Barcelona, which he didn't do, it really made you think that if it's not this summer, exactly. it's next summer. Exactly. So th- there is a sense of inevitability there that he might leave. I think what bothered me this summer has bothered me up to this point more, though, is by the time that Barcelona really started to come and push for Coutinho, there isn't much for Klopp or for the board or even his own teammates to say, hey, we've got this here still at Liverpool, so you don't have to go this season, right? Had they gotten Van Dyke earlier, if there wasn't a mess up there, had they actually gotten Keita, then, you know, if Barcelona comes over after Neymar gets sold, you would, Klopp would be able to say, we have a, an actual squad established here. It's not all in theory of what we might have. So that might have him stay for a little bit longer, at least, at least it would give him more incentive to stay at Liverpool rather than right now, where although Neymar has gone in PSG, it's still Barcelona. It's still, he's supposed to be the heir to Iniesta. It's still going to play with Messi and play with Suarez, right? There, and there's nothing, well, not nothing, but there's not what could have been here in Liverpool to kind of get him to stay. So that's what's bothering me. I to add to that. I think, Go. I think, yeah, sorry to interrupt. I think, so I agree with everything you're saying, except if we were to sign, like, let's say Keita, VVD already. I think this is more FSG's decision rather than Coutinho's decision because it's just too late. He's on a five-year contract he just signed. This is more FSG willing to take it and allow him to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if we had gotten Keita, they would think about it this way. They would say, okay, like the fans see that we signed this player. Maybe they can allow Coutinho to leave and have this guy just take over the number eight role for the midfield that we're going to play him as anyway. So I think that could go both ways. I see what you're saying where it could help his decision to say, like we ha- we're showing more um, maturity in the transfer window. We're showing that we want to go big and win some things, but I think that can go both ways. But I think this is more directly FSG's decision if Coutinho leaves this season. Well, but if, if Barcelona were to come in with a 120 million pound bid right now, how, how sure are you that they would reject it? I'm not. That's, I'm not what that I'm saying. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. If we had Keita, then no, but maybe. but even so, we don't have Keita right now. So I, I understand it could go both ways. But even right now, if if Barcelona were to come in with 120 and then say they would, I don't know. Let's say that they would pay 80 million up front, and then mm. the the next 40 million would be paid out in their payment plans. Uh, how sure are you that they would actually keep Coutinho? Because I I'm, I just don't see FSG. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. That's the part that irks that's me. the scary part. That's the only, that's so what's the, the part. price? So what's the price that you think is is the tipping point for them? What do you think they What do you think they value Coutinho at? Because this market is just getting insane, and you never know. But I mean, if you're throwing a hundred and thirty million pounds, Jeff, out there. I mean, that's are, you're, you're becoming like right you're becoming like the second most expensive player ever. Coutinho could potentially be the second most expensive player ever. And listen, we all have been expecting this for him to go to Barcelona at least for the past you know two years. Just 
He's a perfect mold mm-hmm. to fill Iniesta's role. And we were all thinking, you know, Coutinho stays this year to, to play in that midfield role. Then we really see, and Barcelona really see what they'd be getting, um, you know, it, it, with that all round player now in that midfield role. So we've kind of been expecting it. We were hoping it wasn't this year, but Jeff, I mean, at what point do you think, you know, at what offer really do you think would, would just be like, all right, you know what? It's just, it's too much not to sell Coutinho. Yeah, this is where I'm with Ali 100%, not all the time, but today, definitely. So if the club wants to compete, you don't sell the player. Now, if the player hands in a transfer request, I think that equation changes. But if he doesn't, if he stops short of that, which you know he said throughout the season, and who knows, maybe it's just raving bullshit that he loves the club, loves the city, he's comfortable, his family loves it here. Or, you know, I thought about this for a half second. If, you know, the Brazilian club is getting smaller, sending Leva off to Lazio, like, if I'm going to meet, believe him as a word that, you know, he's comfortable in the town and then compare that to Barcelona and, you know, the logic for a long time was, yes, he'll pick up for Iniesta, but his best friend, his buddy that's been agitating, tapping Jimmy's point just went off to PSG and, I don't think the attraction to come to Barcelona is as significant as it was before to play with his buddy. Then I read stuff like Graham Kelly, one of the trusted voices on the interwebs and Twitter, especially when it comes to transfer transfer rumors for Liverpool. He's saying that the family is 100% agitating for it, which <laughs> makes me nervous to shit. Like I, I don't know if family because family i think is what ultimately tilted neymar to go to psg plus he wants to run his own team he wants to be his own man win win on his own kind of kobe versus kobe and Shaq situation so i don't know if you know he'll be able to if he sees an opportunity at barcelona and if he'll want to take advantage of it this year i hope he doesn't but if the family's agitating that's what makes me nervous as hell like it, it'll all be about does fsg actually want to win do they want to fulfill on the promise that they, I'm sure, sold to Klopp coming in? All the other players they brought in, like if they want to win, they got to keep their best player with yep. you know let three weeks to go in the transfer season. How they handled uh, Arsenal and Suarez? They're gonna they're gonna decline it and then let them go to Barcelona next year. That's, that's fine. That's exactly hey, which I, which I would be okay with because the club would then have the runway of a year to backfill them because they haven't. They, I don't think they've planned that far in advance. Maybe Keita was the solution, but Keita's a year off, if not, God help us, a few weeks off if we qualify for Champions League. But and maybe Keita was the backfill. They don't have one right now, and they're running out of time. There's just no way they're going to backfill. So I haven't just I keep going back and forth in my head with just the the perspectives that I have on on Coutinho and and one you know my immediate thought is well even you know even if Neymar left which was one of the main reasons that he wanted to go to Barcelona obviously they're very good friends they have been since they're very very young you're going to play with the best player in the world in Lionel Messi and the best number nine in the entire world and Luis Suarez and also all the other amazing players they have on their team so the attraction is still high without Neymar. So in my head, I'm like, okay, well, obviously he'd want to go. He's been wanting to go. His family would love it. Obviously, the weather. I mean, I've been to Barcelona. It's fucking. It's, it's a World Cup year. Is he going to start? That's the biggest question. That, that's huge. But but then I, Ali, that that also plays into. Then I go and I flip on the other side and I go, Jeff, just like you were saying, he does say how much he loves it in the city. He does say how much he wants to be 
a club legend. And yes, there have been players that have said it before and then have left. It, something just seems a little different with Coutinho for some reason. Like, he, he just seems content where he is in life and with his family and knowing that he's the guy at Liverpool and that maybe he wouldn't be that guy if he went somewhere else like Barcelona. Uh, he has a good relationship with Bobby right now. Um, I mean, it just seems like there's no reason for him to leave. And, and what sort of backs up, I think, my thoughts in, when I think this way is that he agreed to not have a buyout clause in his contract. And, and I think that's actually pretty huge. Yes, you can always hand in a transfer request, but I don't know if he'd ever want to do that to the Liverpool fans. But to not have a buyout clause where, you know, if Barcelona were to come and they would have smashed it. I mean, if we were to put a, a buyout clause in Coutinho's new contract, even though he signed it pretty recently, it probably would have been something like 90 million, something like that. And if they're reportedly yep. offering, you know, 120 right now, they would have smashed that easily. They would have came in and they would have got his buyout clause. And then Coutinho would be like, oh, well, they paid it. Now I can go agree personal terms. If I want to move, I want to move. But there's something that just tells me because he didn't have that in there. I don't know if anyone feels the same or different than, than I do. Um, I just, I, I feel like even though he's destined to go to Barcelona, he still has, he still hasn't fully completed his, his Liverpool chapter in his book yet. I just, I still feel yep. like there's there's more to come with him. I don't I don't know why. I think I think his back really does hurt. I think he's going to leave next season, and I think we're going to win the league this season. That's the way to look if at it. If we were to win the league this season, do you think he would go though? Probably. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's like my job. Leave on done. a high for sure. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah. Leave on a high, but give the club time to backfill them. They'll have that talent that. You know, Coutinho, when he came in from yeah. Inter, they'll have that replacement. Look, Klopp enough. has convinced the best center back in the league to come to Liverpool and deny Chelsea and um, Manchester City. What makes you think that he's not going to be able to convince someone like Coutinho, who's already on his team, to stay for one more season at least? Yeah, yeah no, it, and that's another effect of uh, Klopp that, that we're lucky to have. It's, um, it's a World Cup season. He's not going to leave to potentially not start and then not make it to the starting 11 for Brazil. Not so, to mention you haven't seen any of the agitating, any of the behavior around the club, all the beat writers. I mean, it was very clear that Suarez wanted to change, right? You don't see any of that kind of behavior with Coutinho. So we put all that together, and I'm just hoping, praying, knocking on wood. We've drugged him up too much from the back pain medicine, medication. Yeah, and just right, put that him in picture closet. of him with his eyes <laughs> yeah. just like completely shacked. He's so high. <laughs> his eyes are just done. He's like on 10 pain meds, yeah. Um, but – you're right. It is. It, it's a big year. It's it's a World Cup year, and someone who just had a nice little what was it the U twenties World Cup, uh, Dom Solanke lads. Dom, oh, Solanke. Dom Solanke, big Dom and big Joe in the same Dom, team. Dom 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 Solanke. That was a great <laughs> champ, by the way. I hope that catches on. That was that was a great video. I forgot the guy who posted, it, but that was awesome. Um, Ali, let's go right back to you. Could potentially be steal it, it really could i mean obviously it's just preseason and we tend to overthink things all the time we beat barcelona last year in the preseason four nil i mean we it's just a preseason but if he continues what he's been doing i mean he, he could be a steal. chelsea chelsea wanted to keep him they just conte couldn't offer him the playing time that he wanted so he decided to peace out and and i i can't put him ahead of even though i i'm not fully Believing, Origi, yeah, yeah I, I don't, I don't think Origi is a number nine. I just, I just don't. I think he's much, much better on the left of a front three. That's just what I think. But 
D- Dom Alley seems like a real number nine. The runs he makes right off the the shoulder of the center backs, uh, his physical prowess. He he just seems like a true number nine, and it's kind of. I mean, we haven't we haven't really had that I, in a while. I think uh, so. I played pickup with you for the last what ten years. Something like you that. remind me of a young Dom Solanke. <laughs> I'm more have of you... a Ricky Lambert. Get out of here. <laughs> you're you're a Ricky Lambert, <laughs> my... but. Have the the form and the like the technique he has with his like looping headers where he has to backtrack in the air and just lob the ball. I haven't seen that in so long. It, it's incredible what he can do with that. Um, I th- I think he's gonna replace where Ings is supposed to be in our squad. So I think we'll see a lot of him this season. Um, what I thought Grich would have been for us last season in the midfield, I think Solanke is gonna be for us this year uh, up front. Um, I mean. If you're talking about him replacing Ings, that means Ings is going to be starting for us, right? <laughs> I know you're obsessed. I fucking love uh, Ings, dude. Oh my god, I, I hope but, Ings but, just comes back and just bangs in. I'm, fucking I'm sorry, he's not. He's not know, but uh, I love him because he's got that injury. I got that injury. You don't think they're going to get rid of Origi for Solanka? That's who I thought would Solanka would, would be like taking to, his place of. Jimmy, would good love point. to see I him on like loan. To, yes, I would, Jeff. I'd like to see Origi on loan for sure. I, I would, I would very much like to see him. Go on Why is he so bad in the air? I don't get it. He's yeah, huge. Makes no sense. I remember because he's so big now that he can't even get off the ground anymore. What team <laughs> is it that we talked about, Jeff? It was like, it was like I think one of the last five or six games of the season, and he was just losing every, literally every single ball in the air. It made, made no sense. Whereas um, the prior season when he was in form, he was holding it up. I just think he's. I just don't think he's a nine. I I, I just don't. And that yep. and that he that finish he scuffed. Um, in the preseason just kind of shows that I, I don't know. I just, he's, he's crafty. He's good on the left wing. I, I think there's a lot. I mean, there is a lot to his game. There's, he still has a high ceiling just for me. If you're talking about him becoming a future number nine, I just don't see it. Um, but let, let's go ahead and keep talking uh, about some of the players we have. Jimmy, if you want to anything, add anything on a Dom Solanke, or if you want to continue into, um, I know Robertson is, I mean, he was, he was on hole. Uh, they got relegated. You know, that doesn't mean shit because we got Genie Wijnaldum when he was on Newcastle when he was yep. relegated. But, um, I mean, it, it, it's not like any of us watched hole every single week. You know, we, I only saw a few games, um, a, fo- a few of Hull's games last last season. So, just as, as much as we know and as much as you've seen him in the preseason, and I, I also want to throw in Moreno there. It could just be Klopp you know, throwing him in the shop window, which I think it might be because he never really is vocal about Moreno and then, Moreno, and then all exactly of a sudden he's, he's talking is. about yep. Moreno. Um, like yep. he's, he's doing an amazing job, which he is. And I, I fucking love Moreno. I hope he stays, but <laughs> well, Moreno starting. Great. I, I, I love how unbelievable Jeff. So, so what's, <laughs> let me, let me hear about it. Uh, your kind of your left back situation right now. We got, we got three of them. Um, I really don't want to talk about Klopp. Saying Jim James Miller can move back into the midfield now. Um, but let's please don't even talk about that. James Miller's all. going on to the right side for Clyde. Oh my god! Please. <laughs> Just, let's not, assuming, assuming, assuming James Milner is a left back for us this season, and we got three of them. What what's your situation looking like right now? I'd say um, keep on using Milner on the left back until Robertson kind of integrates into the team. I I don't jack shit about. I'm sorry. And I think the couple of games that he played, I might have glanced at him. I, I didn't watch him as much. I know I didn't watch the last um, preseason game that Liverpool played that apparently Milner did great in the midfield. Sorry, Joey. <laughs> but no, I am not interested in having Milner in the midfield whatsoever. 
Um, I feel bad for Moreno, and I think all of us do, especially after his goal that he had against Spurs in this first season. Um, we were all thinking that he would be something special, but he can't defend. So unless uh, we get Van Dyke, who can maybe cover for him. <laughs> right, not, there, Moreno can't. He he just he just doesn't fit into the squad because we need someone back there who's actually going to do some defending. But if God, how tasty did he look when he was up there with with Mane and, and Salah? It was just incredible. But I, I'm sorry, I, I I don't have much for you, Joey. Just no, no, keep going on the left until you got Robertson. Jeff, yeah. I mean, I've, I've always. Uh... I've, I've always made a show for Moreno playing him as a left winger in like some of the cup games or something like that. I've always, I would have. <laughs> we also did that with Glenn Johnson for the longest time. It never happened. But Glenn Johnson was somewhat of a competent right back at some point in his career. Like Moreno just can't defend. He's just <laughs> all attack. Yeah. So I Jeff, can't take this anymore. Jeff, uh, thoughts on Moreno, thoughts on Robertson coming into the squad and, and what do you think from him? It could actually go either way. Cause I, I see Klopp putting, Milner back in the midfield, and I would he do that on such a consistent basis if he was still playing left back? I mean, wouldn't he want to prep for the season, or maybe he's already figured out left back and doesn't need to play him there? But still, and Moreno has looked good, uh, and if he does get center back help, would that insulate some of his defensive gaps? But yeah, he still doesn't have the head and the positioning that you would expect. I would expect him to get sold, uh, and when it comes to Robertson. How amazing is it to have a left back that has left foot right. that can actually do crosses? And I know Joey is like you're drooling as you see him cross a ball without his right foot and looking weird and kicking out of bounds, whatever Milner did. But yeah, I think he works his way into the side, whether it's Milner starting the few, first few games while he beds in, and but he'll he'll take that position over. I, I like his defensive capabilities. I like his crosses. I think as he gets used to the team, he'll he's having this full summer to bet in with the team and understand Klopp. I see good things for him. Yeah, Ali, what does this say about Klopp? Because it, you know, let's just say hypothetically that, um, you know, we we didn't get Kada. It just you know, and we still might not get Kada, but. Just showing that we have that type of money and the fact that Klopp and yes, you know, fullbacks, especially going to City, are going for outrageous money, Mendy and yep. Walker. But I mean, the fact that he we didn't seriously go after Mendy and the fact that he went for, for Robertson, I mean, what do you see I mean, in him and, and you know, Klopp is Klopp loves to mold talent and, and make them their own and get players who are relatively unknown to be really, really good players. But do you think Robertson is ready right now or do you think this is a case of Klopp going all right I can trust Milner there and I really like Robertson and I want to show that I can mold this player into something hopefully great I actually think Robertson and Moreno are going to fight for the left back spot all season I don't think Robertson will start but I think eventually he'll take over um going forward he has a really powerful cross um I think just looking at his one-on-one statistics, he's way better than Milner one-on-one. Milner's not a Milner true left like back. Milner was like the worst. Right. In the league um, year, he's, he's on par with what Klein is defensively one-on-one wise. Um, so I'm excited to see him develop. Klopp said himself, his main style is to improve players. We don't have to go as far back as like Dortmund to look at how he's improved everyone. But if you look at just the last year and a half that he's been at Liverpool, how has Lallana performed in the last season? Doesn't Firmino look like he's going to take another level, another step up? Um, especially in this preseason alone, he's just looked incredible. 
he's insane. I think he's going to be one of the best strikers in the league next season. Um, players like Chan, he looks like he's more confident on the ball under Klopp. Genie was brought in as like a left attacking um, player for Newcastle, relegated Newcastle. Now he put him in the pivot um, side. and He's played he as a insane. deepest role sometimes in the preseason too right now. Yeah, yeah. It, it's insane to look at how he's just developing these players into different roles and just molding them into the player he wants them to be. Look at how Mane was at Southampton. I mean, I even thought he wasn't going to be good for us, and look how good he was for us. So I think Klopp bringing these types of players in, like Salah, Robertson, I think it's all just going to end up working out because it's the system that he puts them into. And it's he has like he, he just has a really good staff behind him, and he always says that. Yeah. He has a really good staff that yeah. they know what they're doing. They know So he has just a couple. He doesn't have too many plan Cs, Bs. A's, whatever. He has just a couple targets he wants and he goes after them and he can just redevelop players. Just like, I think Moreno is going to turn into one of those players too. Yeah. And he's a, he's a, a player's manager for sure. I mean, it's, there's something to be said about the atmosphere and the feelings of the players, you know, at Melwood even right now. Everyone seems to be happy. No one's there for the money or the greed. You know, Sturridge is still staying when he could have left because he wants to win things with Liverpool and he's happy with Klopp and he still believes he has a part to play in the season. I mean, everyone just seems like they're on the same page. They're all there for the right reasons. They're all happy um, with a great club and great support So, and, and a great manager. So it's it's exciting to, to see what this season could become. Um you know, so we, we let's see. We, we've talked about Van Dyke. We've talked about Salah, Solanke, Solanke. Um, we've talked about Robertson. Um, am I missing anyone, gents, right now? Nothing really, but I just kind of wanted to talk about like Plan B, C, Ds for us this yeah, season. Yeah, because we don't um, have any fucking Plan B, Cs, and Ds. I I don't see that big of a problem with it. I like like I mentioned, it's it's part of the system. It's a system that he developed and that his crew can like work with players and bring them into the system and make them work in the system so why don't we look at i guess let's look at uh manchester united going for a forward how many <laughs> different players did they go for i think in april they went for griezmann um in so june they went for Morata. uh late june they went for Bellotti, and then finally they got their what fourth choice in lukaku so i don't know if i i would be interested in a in like a system like that where we just we just go after everything and just get a player just to get a player. I'm kind of excited think to see. I Morata fits Chelsea better than Lukaku does, and Lukaku fits United better than Morata would. Lukaku fits United better than Morata. You mean the other have. way? So Morata would fit United, Lukaku fits Chelsea. No, no, no. I think it. I think it worked out the way it was supposed to. I think Lukaku oh, okay. actually fits United better than Morata would have, and I think Morata fits Chelsea better now than the way Lukaku would have. But I understand I mean, what I you're saying. See. Like it, it, it makes sense. But Ali, I mean, there's there's got to be something that's a bit worrying. Okay, so here and then this is again me splitting it up. So part of me is going, well, it's a bit of a worry that Klopp doesn't have a, a B or a C plan. But then also it's like, well, Klopp has identified the players that he wants. And if he doesn't get those, then he'd potentially be willing to wait for those, maybe see what he has to work with, maybe then go with the B plan. But it's clear that he's wanted Keita, he wants Van Dyke. He wanted Salah, like he he wants these players, and those are who he's going to get. And if he can get he them, might, who knows? He's going to get two out of the three for sure, and maybe a hail mary for three out of three. So he might even get all he wants. So 
I honestly, which don't is insane see, to think about level yeah. of talent. Wow. I don't see a problem with this window at all. With who we've held, we're going to keep Coutinho, we're going to sign Van Dyke, and we can potentially get another center mid. So let's let's say for some reason we don't get VVD and we lose Coutinho, then disaster, FSG, I'll lead the charge. But as of right now, we don't have any reason to be mad or sad about it. I'll wait till August 31st. We just get the Coutinho anxiety to throw us out of a window. But <laughs> yeah, right. I'm just, the I'm just waiting for September to hit for sure. You got um, it. Uh, all right, so... Looking forward to Watford then, gents. Um, let me hear, let's just, I don't even want to f- think about Watford right now because all I care about is Liverpool <laughs> FC. So, Jeff, give me what your starting 11 would be for this game against Watford on Saturday. Mm. Wow, starting 11. So, uh, Coutinho, Salah, Mane, um, I would have... I'd have John in the back. I, that, that's just my personal preference. I would imagine Klopp would pick him instead. Uh, in the back, let's see. We won't have VVD in time for him to bet in long enough uh, to even catch a training session in, in, in advance of Watford. So it would be Lovren and Matt, Matt Teep, unfortunately. And then in terms of the you know right-back, left-back situation, uh, Klein is not back. He's still injured, correct? Yeah, he's still going to be injured. I think Alexander Arnold's probably going to be starting. Yeah, so T. A. Yeah, Gomez, you never know. Yeah, T. A. I think T. A. Would get it. I mean, the consistency he's shown in all the, at least the preseason games I've seen. I mean, it's been impressive. And then left back, it would probably have to be Moreno. Uh, don't know any other alternative if you're going to put Milner. I forgot to mention Milner in the midfield, but like I think that's. That's my starting 11. I think that's the best we can do at this point. Jimbo, what about you, my man? What would be your starting 11 for this game? I um I think it's the same with Jeff, but I'm I'd have I don't think you said Firmino up top. Did you, Jeff? My god, forgot the most important. Yes, him up top, please. Yeah, unless you want to be shooting blanks like you normally do. Oh. <laughs> Hi-o. I'm not. I'm not FSG out. I'm not Jimmy's FSG Jimmy in. Nice. What's going on into Jimmy? Jimmy is FSG in the closet. Well, <laughs> well, this summer I decided to bring a little more personality to you guys. So I'm not the host anymore. So it's it's fun now. Jimbo, <laughs> who who is the most important player going into this Watford game for Liverpool? Oh, Salah. Okay. Wow. Right away. I like it. Yep. Yeah, I, I, if he hits the ground running, not only for Watford, but just for the, for the beginning of the season, because that's what happened last season. Liverpool hit the ground running. They scored a ton of goals that gave him a huge cushion so that when, you know, Mane was out for the, for the Cup of Nations, when Mane got injured, when Coutinho got injured, there was a cushion back there for them to actually reach top four. They got to do the, the same again this season. Yeah, I mean, it's a good player. And Jeff. Well, uh, real quick before you head out, I, uh, who would be your, you know, player to watch out for, or who's who's the most impl- important player for Liverpool uh, in this game against Watford? Against Watford, uh, I think it's Salah and Mane. I, I'm going to be looking at that pairing, you know, that that three pronged attack with Coutinho feeding the two and uh, and then Bobby in the middle. So I, I think it's I think it's just the attack, and that's going to be my theme throughout the first half of the year very clearly because, you know, it's like a, an improvement almost on last year. And you remember how amazing it was to be a Liverpool fan for the first half last year. So I want to see more of the same. And it's going to be an improvement. It's going to be really fun to watch. 
Hopefully it continues. Allie, I need, I know you got, you are our Watford guy. You got a whole setup here, but <laughs> oh, before man. you do, this could be a podcast on its own. So I don't really want to get into too before much. Before you it. do, though, I need I need those two questions answered. Would you have a different starting lineup? Who's in your starting eleven, and then who is the most important player for us going into this game? Hola, Lovren, you are leave <laughs> Liverpool. <laughs> Come to Besiktas, Lovren. Um, I wish I wish we didn't have Lovren. <laughs> no, um, I'll uh, I'll start Matip and Klavan. Pretty much the same all around, and my player Matip two. Matip and Klavan, interesting. Uh, wow. And then my uh, my player to watch or the main guy is going to be Firmino because without him, nothing works. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, yeah. Um, and then I had like this entire Watford preview. I know. I want to hear it. I want to hear what else we got for this game. I mean, it's it's more about what they were in 2015 to 2016. Where they were with their last manager, um, Mazzari versus the what's it called, Marco Silva, who took over for for Hull before they got relegated. I have all this stuff, but it's not that interesting. I mean, all you can look at is like attacking wise in 2015. They were, to 2016, they were pretty much worse everywhere. Um, and then one funny stat that I pulled out was um, Chordini. He, I guess he only had like 10 attempts uh, or 10 goals last season, but his conversion rate was at 23.8%. Hmm. And that was better than Lukaku's yeah, at 22.7. So that was, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a dig, <laughs> that's a dig at the United fans. That's actually a really good conversion rate. Yeah. So that's, I mean, I had, I had a bunch of stuff, but we don't have to get into it. We're going to win. Um, what's, what's the final? Firmino's going to be insane. It's going to be 4 1. Damn, Jimbo. Let's go with 3 0. 3 0. Jeff isn't here anymore, but I feel like he would be saying something like a Just copy. 3 1 or 3 2, maybe something like that. <laughs> also, I'm being very optimistic. In their preseason, they've played, what, six games. They've had five goals, but they've only conceded in two games. Marco Silva, when he took over Hull City last season, he kind of made them better all around and made them play more of a, as a unit. So I think that's what they're going to try to do this season. They're going to be a little more defensive, a little bit better, well-rounded together. But I still think we break them down because it's going to still be too early for them. Yeah, well, let's hope so. I mean, we're, we're flying already. Um, it's just awesome to see Coutinho in that midfield role and, like you said, it all starts up top with, with our main man and Bobby. But I I didn't see it enough in preseason, which makes me think it's not going to happen. But I would have loved to have seen Trent right back, Big Joe Gomez as our right center. Or Big Joe Gomez you as our left him. center back. I do. I, I fucking love Big Joe. Um, and then have Matip as our right center back. And then I wouldn't. I probably would have put Moreno just because I, I love Moreno and I I just I absolutely <laughs> love Moreno. So I would just I would have him at left back. Um, I love Moreno. <laughs> I just I love him. Uh, and then I would probably do Emre, Genie, uh, Phil, and then I would do Mane, Firmino, Salah. I'm. I, okay, I love Hendo still, and and we we can't get into this right now because this would be another thirty minute conversation. But I still wouldn't start him. I don't know. I just I still wouldn't. You don't start, start the him. captain. That's that's terrible. Well, VVD's gonna be the captain. Terrible. 
Who? What's uh, that? <laughs> Virgil Van Dyke's gonna be our captain. As long as you don't give it to John, just give it to That's Trent all. already. Just I'll give it to John. No, um, don't give it to John. Uh. I'm actually gonna be doing a, a statistical update after every game week for Liverpool. So look out for that because I'm gonna update it every week and we'll see where Liverpool falls within all the other teams against other teams for each statistic. So we got our data that. nerd in the house. <laughs> I'm going to work pretty hard on that to bring you guys that data. So That's what we bring you guys. Just, that is just what we offer. Please just click it and subscribe. Ali, click and subscribe. Please subscribe, everyone. Please subscribe. Please subscribe. Uh, uh, subscribe. Uh, all right. Well, gentlemen, I guess I'll go with why not. Let's go with a, a big – Nice, nice uh, five nil score here for the Reds uh, in our opening game. We're gonna be flying. Um, good talking to you. Good talking to you as always. Looking forward to getting a little bit more of a consistent. You sound like you're losing your mind right now. Yeah, I'm. I'm, uh, I'm ready for the season to start. I'm just. I'm excited. Okay, go finish I, your nachos. We just. Oh, it be Saturday already? So good tonight. Those nachos were great. Yeah, I know it's Monday, and I'm just like, already. All right, let's let's get to Saturday. Hurry up. Let's go. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's finally nice to be able to talk about an actual game um, coming up, even though we didn't talk about any part of that game. But nice, <laughs> n- not nice when it means something now to talk about it versus the last three months. Um, looking forward to it. Looking forward to getting more consistent. Um, we're going to be doing this a lot more often now that the season started. So excited about that. I uh, need to hear where everyone can find you at. Ali G, where can we find you? Um, Ali G underscore FP. Find me there. I'm going to be writing on the Football Purist website. So look out for those statistical game week updates from me. There we go. And Jimbo. I think my Twitter is still JTorrejon underscore FP. I, I rarely go on there. So uh, JTorrejon90 for my Instagram. Yeah, We're that's what Jimmy I do. We're on more often. That's, that's a goal right now. You can find Jeff, <laughs> by the way, who was on earlier at... Jeff underscore Hallett, two L's and two T's. You can find me at J Vishni. You can always find us at Talk on FP. Uh, and just a quick shout out to uh, the Chicago Fire for being the best team in all the land. Uh, <laughs> so, Schweine just killing it over here. Uh, uh, Toyota Park is actually go. selling out, and it's pretty cool. Before we go, before we go, please, if you didn't hear this at the beginning, subscribe to the new Talk on channel on itunes or wherever you listen just search football peers talk on or just search talk on it'll probably pop up subscribe to that channel we're moving the liverpool podcast over so you guys can only have liverpool podcasts and don't have to download the arsenal ones subscribe subscribe Um, yep gentlemen as always good to talk to you and as always talk on talk on talk on Nada, no se entendería. Nada, no se entendería.